Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Funny Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Keith Steigert. Reading the books your mother warned you about. Megan Runyon. Reading YA and whatever her current fixation is. These people People are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I don't even care that it is 70 degrees, more hotter than 70 degrees outside. This first cup of proper hot chocolate's the way to go right now. Dude, it's like 87. It's hot. I went outside in this hoodie just to go get milk to make this hot chocolate. And I was like, this is too damn hot for October. That's what I don't understand why you would want to drink hot chocolate on a day like today. Because it's October, and I'm refusing to admit. It's just insane is what it is. Well, I got one hat done. Two more to go. Here's the problem I have when I make hats for other people. I have a big head. When I'm trying to see if it's long enough, and I'm using my own head as an example, I'm like, wait a minute. I have a really big head. So even though it's tight on me, it's going to be like normal on somebody else. So it's sort of when you a guy sends you to the store for condoms. If you get ones that are too big, then they're like all the extra hangs off the end. Yeah. And we don't want any hangover. No, that would no. be that wouldn't make a good minion. By the way, that's yeah, that's what she's going for here. She's she's making minion hats for her wow. work companions. The team is all doing minions yeah. our team leader is gonna be what's his name grew grew mm -hmm. and then another one is gonna be agnes mm. because you know she's she's young and she looks really young and she's got like the dark long hair so she can put it in pigtails and everything so what i decided since these hats aren't gonna take like no time at all i'm gonna make her a stuffed minion I mean, they're just the shape of a pill. It's not right. going to be very hard. A pill with hands and feet. Yeah. Do you take the red pill or the blue pill? Nope. In this case, it's a yellow pill. Yeah. And I was going to cheat and just buy um, eyes to put on them because mm. I hate making eyes. And um, of course, they didn't have any doll eyes that were big. They just had the little bitty tiny ones. And those aren't going to work because minions have big eyes. You can't have. I mean, you can't like, have a minion with beady eyes. That just defeats the purpose. Yeah, it's so not. I'm going to have to make the freaking eyes. Dang don't, it! Don't. Dang it! I guess the last time I did a Halloween costume was the last time we did a three book girls Halloween thing, and that's been what three years? Two thousand nineteen. Oh my god! It's been a while. Or 18. It might have even been 18. I can't no, remember. No, I think it was 19 because it was that same year that, that we all got together right before. Cause yeah, we, right before the pandemic. Yeah, because we did a January show that year. Possible. I don't remember. A terrifying thing happened in my world. Not really terrifying, but slightly. So my far too many people at work now know about this podcast. And every time I get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's worried about what her coworkers are going to think about her potty mouth. I think he's our CFO, I think is his technical title. He was like, because I have on the bottom, like extracurriculars I have on my resume, like contributor to Three Book Girls podcast. And he, we, I was in a meeting with like his team and they were playing like everybody introducing themselves. I introduced myself because I hadn't met most of his team. He's like, don't you have a podcast? Aren't you on a podcast? And I was like, why do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, 
it was on the bottom of your resume and i was like oh yeah okay and then my boss was like i don't remember that what's your podcast i was like oh no oh, no. Oh, no please so, don't look hi. me up no <laughs> so uh, if, if joe and if joe and randy are listening hello <laughs> welcome if, if they're listening they won't be listening for long i always get nervous i'm like don't judge me <laughs> too late too late they'll be judging you i'm gonna interrupt because i just see i just saw the greatest thing so i'm looking for eyes on amazon and uh they have dragon eyes Hmm. okay what do dragon eyes look like are they scaly they look like cat eyes basically the cat eyes oh with the little slit pupil they're very cool though you know that phrase that you said vani is such a taken out of context So I was looking up I was looking up eyes on Amazon. I mean dragon eyes in particular. (laughs) Amazon has everything. They kind of do. I mean, isn't that where random body parts? Isn't isn't that where Pat found her rat rat paw earrings? Mm. (laughs) Probably. No. No, it was Etsy. She found those on Etsy. Oh, okay. So in book related news, I just need to give a shout out. To Britney Spears's book oh, PR team. God, I knew you were going to get there. Why have? Why do we have to bring this up until you read it? For fuck's sake, Megan. No, well, I'm going to read it, but I'm number 900 million on the list. But no, what I loved is last night on her TikTok, it was fucking geniuses. They, because everybody's like first memory of Britney is the clock from the Baby One More Time video where she's like sitting in the classroom, right? So her book is, there. first you see the clock, and then they go over and the book is sitting on the old like school table and then it goes back to the clock and you can like see the second hand ticking away just like in the video and then at the, when it hits the next minute it goes and is like out october 24th the time on the clock you're is 10 sh- 24 you're shouting megan i know because i'm excited and it was God. awesome it's book related <laughs> and it's genius <laughs> like speaking of horror uh, novels I mean, it Jesus could be. Christ. We don't know yet. <laughs> How many people even notice that the clock said ten twenty four? Only you, Megan. I'm many. sure only you. Keith no, is shaking. There's a ton of people like her. Yeah, Keith is shaking her head. She agrees with me because there's a ton of people like Megan. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, Megan. It's not that we don't love you. We just don't understand your how your brain works sometimes. Yeah. Okay. No. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna take one for the team. Oh, After I, I'm number I absolutely knew that you would read it, Megan. I mean, that's that's. I'm, I'm gonna take a, one for the team. That's a given. I don't feel like that's taking anything for the team. Agree, because she would read it anyway. Yes, it. we've got Halloween coming up, so yeah. let's next go to haunted houses. And the reason I bring this up is because I was at a remote today, and my tech said, "Have you seen the documentary about this over-the-top?" haunted house guy i've heard of that that's uh, that's the first i've heard of it i haven't watched the documentary but i mean i've heard about it because so many people want the money it it's just interesting to me that if you're gonna sign a waiver that's 40 pages long to go into a haunted house even if the prize money is twenty thousand dollars would you still go no absolutely not i hate haunted houses Maybe twenty thousand dollars is a lot of freaking see, money. See, I was waiting for no. Vonnie's Vonnie's reaction to that. 
What about you, yeah, Kate? I'm but like, in that they... 40 pages, I can guarantee you it gives them carte blanche to do anything. And I would guarantee that at some point they're going to have problems because somebody's going to die. And even though they like, you know what I mean? Yep. 40 pages. That's a lot of stuff that they're outlining that they can do to get you to not take that money. They still can't do anything that's against the law. Yeah, but those 40 pages could be like, we could grab you. We could do a lot of things. Right. We can undress you. We can torture you. We can. I mean, think about it. 40 pages. What's on that document? But they wouldn't be able to torture you too much because that would be against the law. Yeah, but if if you you agree to it, it's totally your business. They can't harm you because it would be against the law. Yes. Grab you, yeah. Yes, they can. You can sign away your rights to all kinds of things. Yeah. You agree to it to be tied up. I'm going to Google and see if I can find. See if you can find that waiver because I'm I'm interested to see. I'm doing it already. (laughs) Forty pages. I mean, our waiver that just the standard waiver that we send out. You need a doctor's note and a safe word too. So it's kind of like online dating. Exactly. Mm. I was kind of so thinking the like the first thing like, pops up. It says all which details all the physically painful, mentally scarring and grotesque things that could happen along the way. It says you could be buried alive in a coffin, for example, or swim through a tunnel with minimal air pockets. Yeah, that's bullshit. Has anybody won the money? I bet there's a non-disclosure agreement at the other end of that too. He doesn't allow cursing. And if you curse, you get kicked out. What the oh, fuck? The first change. Oh, no, I'm like, sorry. He deducts cash from your prize. Because the, the host doesn't curse. You know, it's the most extreme haunt in the world, but there's no cussing. That's so that, stupid. You know what? That's like that's like the most incongruous thing I can possibly think of. Because I can't hardly even get through a work day without cussing. Same. <laughs> I can't imagine a haunted house but why this is what i don't understand i mean if it's so offensive to him and yet he's doing all of this offensive stuff to you including burying you alive and torturing you but he doesn't like cursing i think that's he was in the navy that man cusses like a sailor quite literally i am it's just a way to keep from paying you yeah i mean because everybody swears when they're freaked out right do you know anybody who does not swear when they're freaked out? He used his hypnosis. What? So he uses hypnosis. For example, he put somebody in a kiddie pool with a couple of inches of water and then convinced someone that there was a great white shark in there. He has been sued several times over what people think he did to them. But he's just really, really crafty and hypnotizes people and stuff so that they think they're being harmed. See, yeah, it's like bullshit. Wow. Is, it, is this the manner? Is that the one? That so it's about, is manor? it his? Here's okay. here's the thing. Is it his word against theirs? He has video. Oh, huh. I'm sure that thing's got cameras all over it because he well, knows that's going to try to do him. Yeah, no way. I mm-mm. no psychological I horror works and the reason like for example okay you have to pass a background check why yeah, he probably has to prove you're mentally stable before he can go in and torture you you have to have proof of medical insurance you have mm-hmm. to pass a drug test 
Oh yeah, can you imagine someone going in there like high as a kite on like mushrooms? Like, oh my god. <laughs> Does it cost money to do this thing? No, all you have to do is like take in a can of dog food or some shit. But you have to. Nope. But then you have to get accepted to go in. So of course people want to go. Of course, I have not seen the show. I only heard about it because Louis, who's one of our techs, was because we were talking about horror because he got invited to some Halloween thing and he had this picture on his phone of some scary looking clown. I'm like, ooh, horror, is that a book? And then the conversation went on from there. But now let me tell you something. I was reading some of this and as I'm reading it, I'm thinking... And he doesn't charge anything. So he does this. And for what reason? And then I was like, dude, I think there's something wrong with this dude. And he's like messed up and he gets off on doing this to people. Yeah. And that now I'm reading the Washington Post and he it says the in the thing in his little paperwork that each tour will be based upon your personal fears and can last to up to 10 hours. Nope, absolutely not. And there is an online petition with tens of thousands of signatures of people who say that it's all a front for a torture chamber, like that gets this guy off. And I totally am willing to believe that well, shit. Well, think about it. How, why... Why else? He waterboards people. He forces them to eat weird shit. Why else would he do it? What What's his motivation? I wonder He's if not... he just went in and said, you know what? I know what this is all about. So why don't you give me the 20,000 and I'll just help you get off. Yeah, there's a difference between like people who like to be scared and torturing people and, you know, yeah, waterboarding. People who want to participate in this must have a motivation besides the money. Maybe they're... Yeah, it's the pride of saying they did it. Maybe not. Think about it. Think about people who enjoy being tortured. Think about people who are into S&M, who pay people to True. spray them with latex and just leave their nose holes out and beat them with a rubber hose or whatever they do. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of both going on there and they're just thinking, hey, if I can endure all this stuff, then maybe I can. Besides, I mean, how is he finding out what their worst fears are? He probably gives them a questionnaire. 40 page thing you have to fill out. Think about that, you guys. You could lie about what freaks you out in order to get through it. Well, it sounds like he gets all sorts of like he gets your doctor's notes. and Yeah, I don't know, dude. People are dumb to do this. Agree. It would so be negative. <laughs> let people live their life, man. If they want to go do it, let them do it. You just want to go for that $20,000, don't you, Bonnie? <laughs> She's like, oh. I don't know. 10 hours is awful long. I mean, how much physical activity is going to be involved? Because, you know, <laughs> that might be the deciding factor. <laughs> if I got to, like, swim down a tunnel and shit, I mean, I don't know if I'd make it. And if somebody dies while they're doing that, even if they signed a 40-page waiver, do you really think that the family's not going to sue him? Yeah, you know they're going to. That's just, it. that's insane. Somebody posted a spirit Halloween costume for middle-aged musician. It includes black vans, deeply concerning emotional instability, Nirvana hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> 
relate to that, Keith? Is that where you're laughing? I just think it's funny because I don't know. My kids <laughs> in college, I see a lot of weird aspiring musicians. Bonnie, does your book have any haunted houses or terribly horrible things? Well, it has horrible things, okay. scary things. Well, Not we'll really a that. haunted house. We'll, we'll take horrible really things. Horrible things for two hundred, Alex. Horrible and cheesy because I love cheesy horror novels for some reason. Do you do you notice I eat I read a lot of cheesy horror novels on in October? Yes, and I think it's wonderful. Like the Dark Forest was pretty cheesy. Yes. Yep. Wonderfully cheesy. Mm-hmm. So the book I read this week is called My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. And I won't lie, I read the description and it sounded cheesy and I was all about it because I, like I said before, I love a cheesy horror novel and this was awesomely cheesy and scary. There were scary parts. The story starts with Hannah in 1982 um, she's crazy for E.T. She's went and saw it in the movie theater. And ha- she is planning this birthday party at the skating ring. And E.T. is her theme. How 80s is that? that? Is it's so fucking so 80s. 80s. Oh, my God. I, I just so got transported 80s. back in time. I know. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm all in on this book. I don't even care how bad it is. I'm, I'm reading it. And Hannah's super excited about this party. She's been practicing her skating so that she can look good in front of her friends. She put her invitation, she gave invitations to everybody in her class. And she's just so excited. Well, like a couple of days before her birthday party, another girl in the class invites everybody to come out to her rich people house and ride horses and play polo. So, of that course, bitch. You know, yeah, you know, all of the kids are going to want to go see this mansion and ride horses. And all I could think of is when you were that age, like, I think, what, like 10 or so, you always had that one girl in class that just tried to do something to ruin your day. Whether it was like make fun of your shirt or your haircut or uh, plan something on the same day as your birthday party. I mean, did everybody else have someone like that in their class? I had a nemesis in high school. It's true. I don't think she I definitely I don't think she knew she was my nemesis. <laughs> but she was uh, that bitch, that bitch. But anyway, so she's at this birthday party and she's convinced herself that okay, well, they're going to go to this other girl's house. I want to say her name is Margaret. And I'm pretty sure she's friends with her later on, but I can't remember the name of the girl who was having the horse party. But Hannah convinces herself that they're going to go ride horses during the day and they'll still come to her party. So she still goes and sets everything up and is super excited. And then nobody shows up. And about... 15, 20 minutes after the party starts, this girl, Gretchen, who's a new girl, has absolutely no friends, uh, comes to the party. And I think her parents kind of make her go to the party. 
and her parents made her buy Hannah a children's Bible oh, as her birthday present. God, the horror. Yeah, yeah. So Gretchen's the only one that comes to Hannah's party. And of course, Hannah's a little bit rude to her. Um, it just kind of halfway is nice about getting the Bible. But then when they go out to go skating and everything, they kind of like, you know, bond a little bit. And then they're friends. They're instant friends. And then Gretchen, <laughs> which I could totally see somebody doing this in school um, because of the children's Bible and her parents being so weird and strict. Um, she tells Hannah that they're in the witness protection program. And that's why she's not allowed like, you know, to do all the stuff that she's not allowed to do. And of course, you know, she eventually tells her the truth, yada, yada. But anyways, so they become really good friends. Then the book transports them through time to 10th grade. And now they're high schoolers. They have like this little group of friends. Of course, Gretchen and Hannah are still like really close, you know, BFFs. They go out to Margaret's beach house because, you know, Margaret's the rich one in the group. And well, actually, they're all kind of richies. Um, Hannah, they go to a, a private school and Hannah is on scholarship. So Hannah's family is not rich, but all these other people are. So, you know, they have beach houses and, but they go out to Margaret's beach house and they're, you know, screwing around and yada, yada. And one of them has procured some acid. So they decide they're all going to do acid, <laughs> but they all have to do it together. So they all decide to do it and they drop this acid but I don't think it really works, but they pretend that it does. They're like, you know, oh, I think I see tracers and, oh, I think the stars are brighter than normal and, you know, how kids are. And Gretchen decides, I'm going to go skinny dipping. And she starts, you know, running towards the docks, taking her clothes off and everything. And uh, Margaret's like, no, she can't. It's the tide's out. She can't jump in. There's not enough water at the end of the dock. If she jumps in, she's going to hurt herself. So they all start running after Gretchen, but they can't catch her. And so Gretchen, by this point, is naked except for her sneakers. Oh and she, I don't know if she actually goes off the dock or not, but she ends up going into the woods. And Hannah follows her into the woods, but she can't catch her and then you know it's dark and hannah can't see and she doesn't know where she goes and then hannah gets freaked out um by this building that's in the woods like this like old beat up house so she comes out of the woods to go get the other girls to try to go look for her, and they get flashlights and they kind of look a little bit at the edge of the woods but nobody really wants to go into the woods and then the next day after it gets light, they go into the woods to try to find her. And of course, you know, they find her and she's still naked and dirty and freaked out and cold and so on and so forth. Well, 
after this incident, Gratchit starts acting different. She starts acting funny. Like she quits taking showers and she always looks tired and she keeps wearing the same clothes over and over again. And then, you know, more weird stuff happens. And so Hannah's convinced that she's possessed. Somebody who came to their school at Spirit Week and he's like, you know, a religious dude, yada, yada. And he had actually said something about there being a demon in Gretchen at the assembly. But, you know, everybody kind of laughed it off. And but Hannah remembered that and she got a hold of him. And then they plan this exorcism. And um, I'm not going to go into too many more details. I didn't give too many spoilers out, but it is called Best Friends Exorcism. So you knew that was going to happen. It was cheesy because there's so many 80s references. When they're in 10th grade, um, it's 1989. And I was giving away my age completely. And I don't care. I think I was 14 in 1989, maybe 15. I think, I think I was 14 or 15 in 1989. And I just remember all of their references so well. And it just, and one of the things that I do did like about the ending is that it did wrap it up um, and everything, but do you know how like in horror novels and horror movies, like all this weird shit happens and then everything goes back to completely back to normal. You don't see like the aftermath. They actually get into some of the aftermath of after everything, what happens after everything goes down. And that was kind of, that was kind of interesting. There are scary parts. There are gross parts, uh, trigger warning. There is some animal cruelty. So just be prepared. I would recommend it to anybody else who likes cheesy horror novels. And that, again, is called My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. Who would like to go next, Keith or Megan? Keith can go. All right, Keith, lead us through what you're going to do today. Uh, So the book that I am reviewing this week is called Ghost by Cat Blackthorne. This book summed up pretty well, but it is the first in a series, so... Just bear that in mind. But um, so this is a story about um, a little town called Ash Grove. And when I say little, it's like this tiny little town, almost like the town that time forgot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's got all these like mom and pop stores and stuff. So like there's no Walmart or anything like and our main character, her name is Blythe and Um, When she was, I think, 18, her stepfather killed her mother, but then told everyone it was a suicide and made it look like a suicide. So Blythe is running on the run from her stepfather, and she has gone to many different towns uh, because he is always, like, following her to all these different towns. And the way she knows when he has found her is that he sends a letter in each town with a blank piece of paper and then after that like the letter has like the letter has nothing written on it it's just addressed to her and then after that she starts kind of seeing him and he's just kind of stalking her 
So she's come to this town and she's being very, very careful. And she's been in this town a few months and she suffers from these panic attacks because I mean, her stepfather is after her and she watched him kill her mother. So she's, you know, mentally not great. So one day she's having a panic attack and her usual therapist can't see her. And so she sees another therapist in the office that doesn't have a patient. And his name is Ames and he is our other main character. And Ames is interesting and he kind of gets fixated on Blythe and protecting her. And so he becomes kind of a stalker as well. And he just keeps, she keeps seeing somebody, but she doesn't know who it is. And it's generally him. And he's trying to like, he knows that she's got all these problems. And Ashgrove is this really weird town. And it celebrates Halloween for the entire month of October. And I mean, like everything, like the kids can trick or treat every single night. Oh my God. That's wild. (laughs) Maybe every Saturday, but every night, I don't know. And every night in the month of October, there's a rave, like in the woods. Right? And it's like this crazy rave and you have to go and you have, like, you have to go completely costumed. Um, And there are never new people that come to the town. And when new people arrive in the town, it's a really big deal. So this is the first time she like has been here during Halloween. And like everybody knows of her at the raves and stuff. Um, And there's this town has this. They have this rave and they do this whole month long of October thing because in the 1800s the entire town was massacred was massacred like everybody was killed and they were killed by this group called the Halloween boys and she keeps asking about it and trying to like find out exactly what happened because I mean it's really weird that an entire town gets massacred yeah that is Um, weird but everybody's really, really cagey about it. This book was really kind of crazy. I mean, there are so many, you think you know what's going on, and then you really don't. And there's twists and turns all over the place. But it's a really, really, it's very dark. Um, And it, I mean, when I say it's a dark romance, it's like kind of messed up, but... Sometimes I like messed up romance. (laughs) You definitely won't see it coming. I mean, it's crazy when you find out exactly what's going on. And even once I thought I knew what was going on, there would be 20 pages. And I was like, oh, crap. Really? Wait. (laughs) Wait. I felt like I needed to write a flow chart out. (laughs) But I mean, by the end, you're like, oh, holy shit. I don't know how authors sometimes do this kind of shit because I mean, it's literally like I envision her with one of those whiteboards and like little pins and little yarns going like, you know, like the sometimes the police do to keep everything straight. But it was really amazing. If you want something that's really dark and creepy and messed up, um, this was a really good one. I haven't read the other books in the series, but I'm totally going to. And that was Ghost by Kat 
Blackthorn. That's even a cool name for a an author for a Halloweeny type book. It's probably not her real name. I know, but, but it's cool. Yeah. It's that's cool. It is a good name. Yeah. All right, Megan. You got some tough acts all to right. follow this time. So we all know that I don't read as fast as other people, and sometimes when that happens, I find myself in a bad review situation. Oh no. So, oh I see. <laughs> I was like, um, what? I'm going to preface that maybe this is a me problem because I know I've heard other bookish people loved this book. So it could be a me problem. And this is the second time I tried to read this book because the first time I tried to read it, I tried to do it on audio. Couldn't take it. The narrator's accents were too much. So I am reviewing The Library of the Dead by T.L. Huchu. And in theory, this book should tick all of my must-read boxes. (laughs) It should have. So I think it's a me problem. Uh, But we have our setting. We're in Edinburgh, Scotland, which is why I couldn't listen to it on audio, because a Scottish accent on audio is not for me. (laughs) I have a hard enough time standing in the streets of Edinburgh understanding a Scottish accent. Audiobook (laughs) doomed. And I listened to it, like, I watch Outlander. I listened to a lot of things, that, but for whatever reason, that narrator couldn't handle it. So we have a post-apocalyptic setting of Edinburgh. We're not really sure what happened. We just know that that our current time is what Ropa, who's our main character, considers the before times, like the past. She calls it, like, back in the day. <laughs> and there are things that are still from our time. Like, she listens to podcasts. She has, like, headphones. So it's not, like, a post-apocalyptic setting where, like, there's no technology anymore. So there's still technology. There's still audiobooks because she listens to audiobooks and all of this. So Ropa can see ghosts. And the ghosts in this universe can go to some a, a clairvoyant, someone who can see ghosts, and ask them to give messages to their family but there's a price so either the ghost has to have a bank account that she can draw from (laughs) or the family has to pay to get the message Hmm. and that's how we're introduced to her standing there like reading her like disclaimer basically and she always she reads her little disclaimer and she's like and i'm presently not servicing the city center so if you need a message for the city center find someone else and she gives, like, the same little speech. And most of the time, it's pretty, like, random things. Like, there's one story that we hear that she kind of visits this family. And their great their grandmother took her recipe for one of these, this bakery item that was, like, huge in their bakery, literally to the grave with her. And so her kids, like, pay the fee to get her ghost to tell them how to make the recipe. <laughs> so there's some kind of like weird things in there like that um but there and she can go into what they call the ever there which is kind of the in-between world if she like goes to sleep and just kind of lets herself float away she doesn't really go to sleep i guess lay down and like lets herself go there she can walk around in like purgatory basically Hmm. um and she ends up going to see somebody there because this ghost came to her and I should have written that person's name down and is like, I can't rest in peace until we find out what happened to my son. My son is missing and like no one cares Um, because they are a lower income part of Edinburgh. They basically 
like hijacked a farmer's yard like farm and put up like villages like 10 cities and they pay him rent um for their like plot of land in his farm and this woman i don't think this woman's from the tent city but she's from like a less wealthy part of town and so of course she can't pay and so rope is like girl i gotta make money like if your family can't pay i'm not sending your message and her grandmother ropa's grandmother is kind of like well no maybe you just really should do it she's like fine grandma (laughs) i quit being my conscience and so that's one of the stories we kind of hear so her best friend is is jomo i'm assuming that's how you pronounce it and he works at the library and he sneaks her into the library um, because she's trying to find out information about these kids that are missing. And then there's a kid that was with the kid that went missing and he comes back and he's kind of like not n- normal anymore. Like there's clearly something weird happening. So she's trying to find out information about this. Uh, well, joke's on Jomo because he didn't sneak anywhere. They know he's there. And they basically tell Ropa either... You don't. Really, she didn't really have a choice. They're like either you're dead meat or you're dead meat. Um, and they figure out. Someone comes up forward and is like, "Oh, well, don't aren't you like? Um, can't you talk to the dead?" And she's like, "Yeah. Does that mean I don't die?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> so there's like a little bit of back and forth. And then somebody's like, "Oh, but you have like witchcraft in your family. Like we can sense it or something happens." And so she basically gets to become an apprentice membership of the library. Uh, where now she's not dead. She just has to pay a fee to be in the library, which she really can't afford. Uh, So that becomes kind of problematic. She has a friend that she meets in the library who is Priya, and Priya helps her kind of navigate the library. I really thought there would be more library in a book called Library of the Dead. (laughs) There's not as much library as I was anticipating. (laughs) They, like, pop in and out, but it's not really set in the library and they don't really utilize the library. So I'm not, I don't, I I got confused um, (laughs) really quickly when they're trying to find out about the kid that has some new disease, witchcraft, whatever happened to this kid. She has to go to the other Edinburgh tent city, which is over by Arthur seat, which is like a famous landmark in in Edinburgh. And she meets this group of people and they kind of send her on this journey and she there's like a weird house and i don't want to give too much away about the weird house because it's like a big chunk of the middle of the book uh (laughs) but there's a weird house and i think the weird house characters are gonna be the thread through because it's a series so i think that the tall man that they keep referencing is like supposed to be the villain but there wasn't enough of him. I, I, I don't. I had issues <laughs> with this book. <laughs> I felt like there were so many branches that I wasn't sure where I was going and what I was supposed to be focusing on. That was my problem. Like I kept thinking, okay, this is going to be the part that like launches the story, and I never got that. Like this is the part. I get that the missing kids are supposed to be the part. I think, but then there. I, yeah, I don't know. It might be a me. Like I said, it could be a me problem because there are a lot of people who love this book and it has a lot of like spooky things and Edinburgh things. And it's not that it's poorly written. I just didn't vibe with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because everybody else that's read it 
gave it pretty good reviews. Like, I went and looked at Goodreads because I was like, am I the asshole? Like, am I the one that missed the point of this book? <laughs> so if you like Edinburgh and you like spooky weird shit, give it a try. <laughs> if you, Especially if you've been to Edinburgh because they talk about, like, now there's a new lake in Edinburgh and the lake is where the train station was. So I was like, oh, I've walked through that train station. Yeah, I could see that being a really deep ass lake. It's at the bottom of the hill. Like, So there was some of that that I could relate to. It just wasn't my favorite spooky book. Full disclosure, I DNF'd that book. Ah, see, there you go. But yeah, I mean, not everything hits the same way for everybody. So you Very don't have to true. feel bad about not liking it. There's Very tons true. of stuff I don't like that everyone loves. So that's, same. that's true. Same. That's true. And that is Library of the Dead by T.L. Huchu. Read at your own Read at your own risk. You know Martha hated it, and Megan is trying very hard to be nice. (laughs) All right. I I will say the book is on the cabinet where the I'm taking this to a free little library book pile goes. (laughs) I really wanted to like it. I really did. Oh, Vonnie sent me a picture of Echo. Look at her sleeping. Was she snoring? I obviously can't hear her. So the book that I'm going to review this week is kind of, it's, it's a, a mixed review from me. And you'll see what I mean as we go. It was called The Dead Take the A Train by Cassandra Kaw and Richard Cadry. So first of all, I have read books before by Richard Cadry that I absolutely loved. He writes weird very well. This And I had never read anything by Cassandra Ka before, so I didn't really know. But, of course, it sounded truly bizarre, and any time you put something in that category, and kind of gross, too, I was raising my hand immediately for that. In fact, I purchased the book. So it follows the main character, Julie Cruz, who is a demon hunter and a magician of sorts. And she lives in New York City and she's trying to establish herself as a practitioner. And she just can't quite pull it off. But she, her ex-boyfriend works for this big company that has kind of magical shit going on at it. And he hires her to do all the dirty jobs that he doesn't want to do. And pays her like as a contract, a contractor, and then tells everybody that she's obsessed with him. And, you know, basically, he's just a jerk. The, the story mainly begins when this friend of hers, a best friend from school, shows up at her door and says, hi, I've come to visit indefinitely. And then you find out that her boyfriend has been abusive towards her and that she's sort of running away well here's where things get sticky for me because the oh isn't she dreamy starts to pop up right away because you find out that julie has secretly been harboring feelings for her best friend all these years which you know usually i don't have an issue as long as it doesn't become too much of the story but Having read Richard Cadry's work before, it's almost like I could tell which parts were written by whom. It was so painfully obvious to me that the sections written 
about the romantic interest were done by one party and the other parts which were weird and gory and wonderful in my opinion were written by the other party and honestly the reason that I continued to read the book was because the parts that were written in the weird and scary voice were so incredibly good that I had to keep reading even though the other part was just like whatever so the main character of the book I didn't really care for and I don't really know exactly why obviously I don't have a problem with same-sex relationships at all we as readers end up getting entangled into this weird corporate company that her ex-boyfriend works at which turns out as this elaborate spell that's going to come to fruition and and hatch these horrible monsters that are going to take over the world or some crazy shit like that. And there are these magical books that are involved. Julie's ex-boyfriend gets pissed off that she doesn't do exactly what he wants. So he decides that he's going to give her this fake book and then she brings this evil angel into existence by mistake and it's all just kind of mixed up magical gory weird strange crap which I love normally but it is kind of a hard book to explain because there's a lot of stuff going on it's very laundry files ish so Charles Strauss has mastered this particular genre and it's very, very similar to that. Although, in some portions, pretty dang gory, which I loved. So there's there's the rub. There's the difficulty for me is I can't decide whether I liked it enough to go on to the second one. Because there is a second one. And the whole, you know, thing between Julie and her friend just put me off. For some reason, I think it's because in general, I'm not a fan of romantic subplots. And I think you guys all know that. So take that with a grain of salt. And if you enjoy something a little bit out of this world, it was a bizarre ass book and very fun to read. Very funny, very, you would never predict anything that happens in this book. It was just really out there. And it was a fun read for this time of year as well because it had some some gore in there. And that was called The Dead Take the A-Train by Cassandra Caw and Richard Cadry. It was very, 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 <laughs> very strange. Lots of magic. Lots of gore. There was even a monkey's paw in it. So there you go. Yeah, that story terrified me. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty terrifying. Spooky season's only a week left. Bummer. <laughs> I know, no, Keith, Keith it hurts your feelings so much that you don't have to, that you don't get to keep reading these weird books all year round, right? I know. It's so Although, sad. you know, it was not required this year. You could have decided not to participate. I know. Non-participation. I thought about reading happy Christmas books, but now Christmas. Not happy Christmas time yet. Christmas during Halloween is not okay. Any other kind. <laughs> it's kind of like a horror novel to Martha. Yeah. Kind, kind of. 
Happy Christmas is coming. Keith, are you one of those people that like November first you get the Christmas out, or do you wait till post Thanksgiving? Dude, I totally would. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Mister Mister Keith doesn't like that. Uh, I see, I see. I always do mine like right after Christmas, or right after Christmas, right after Thanksgiving, typically. Yeah, same. Well, you know, if you wait too long for fall decorations, you can't find them. Like I went to Michael's today to get yarn for my hats and stuff, and uh. They have one little tiny section of Halloween and the rest of it's Christmas now. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's already Halloween. You got to buy Halloween well, in July. <laughs> but it's um, th- like you still have Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like yeah. their Thanksgiving stuff. It wasn't even Halloween stuff. That's kind of a lie. It was Thanksgiving like fall. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I get like I get super, stuff. super cross when we start talking about this because I mean, it's better than it used to be. I mean, you can usually find something at least two weeks out. Yeah, but it, it's mostly Christmas in. The... Yeah. Every once in a while, though, every year there's like one new thing that I'm like, oh, I need that. Like, I went to Michael's and they had a hocus pocus sign, and I was like, oh, I need that in my office. <laughs> it was little; it fits on my little shelf. But because I'm a sucker. I have like nothing on my desk yet. I look at some of these desks around me and they're so elaborately decorated and like I have like nothing. Well, you haven't been there very long. My office is clearly my office when you walk by it. Give yourself time, Vani. You can clutter up your space quickly enough. (laughs) Because you've got all you've got your cornucopia from last year at your old job. You can just oh well, I have my I have my pumpkins out. See, I didn't break out the corn, cornucopia. I just put the pumpkins out. Well, all you have to do is add a turkey and a cornucopia for next month. Yeah, you'll be all set. It's true. Hmm. True. True. I don't want that cornucopia ended up looking more like a dunce hat. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to put it out this year. So you have to decorate your desk so that people can learn about you. Because when I go to our contact center and they all have cubes, I like learn a little bit about them while I stand there and talk to them. Because I went up to one row and the the lady that was to my right, she was trying to introduce herself to me. And all I could see was all of her Marvel characters. So I was like, wait, you like Loki? We have to talk. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's how I learned about my contact center people is kind of looking at their cube like three or four people were trying to say hi to me and I was like I'm sorry I'm distracted because there are three Loki Funko Pops over here and I need to say hi to her and then I'm going to come back to you guys I have um, Echo as my background on my Zoom and we do a lot of Zoom calls there everything is Zoom calls and um, I get quite a lot of comments about her picture in my Zoom (laughs) it's the one where she was um, looking down at the front facing camera so i just pushed the picture because she likes to look at her she she did used to like to look at herself in my phone (laughs) and so i just reached over and took the picture of her so it's like this giant boxer head looming over me (laughs) on my zoom call (laughs) well i gotta say this has been a pretty weird year for me because i still have the heart-shaped valentine's day dish filled with creamer sitting on my side table at work so that's how (laughs) up to date i am with work decorations currently we're still in february my candy dish is a christmas dish 
And it's been on my desk all year, so. See, so it's all good because now it's almost time for that to come right. back. So now I can, not, I can start not feeling bad about my it's Christmas dish. Yeah, it's kind of like the fact that I never circle reset of my life. clock. <laughs> no, it's a circle of decoration. Oh. I never the reset my clock after uh, daylight savings time, <laughs> and it's almost going to be right again. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd lose my mind. <laughs> Oh, my house is trying to be haunted this week. Why? Um, because so we keep getting earthquakes. If anyone doesn't have the earthquake app in Oklahoma, it's, you're it's you're so getting fun. more earthquakes. Yeah, we've had two this week. What, where in the hell have I been? What the hey, hell what? was that? Did you just see that? Some, yeah, there's some kind of cue. Is it the kind of earthquake where like maybe one of your chairs falls over, like yeah, outside? Yeah, they're, they're, they're like it. three. They're like 3.0s. Like, they're decent. I don't know what the balloons are. There's some Zoom cue, because it did it to me with a DAR call the other day, too. And I was like, I don't know how I made I don't know what I've done to make it do that, but it's done it twice now. Um, no, I came home, and there was, like, water on my floor, and I was like, what in the hell's that from? So then I called my neighbor friend, and I was like, hey, can you send your husband down? Because I think my dishwasher's leaking. Because like it's, like, right under the dishwasher. So he comes down, we take the whole thing out, pull it apart, look around it. And it's just like right along the edge of the cabinet. And he's like, I don't see anything dripping from the dishwasher. I'm like, where in the hell is this water coming from? And he's like, I have no idea. I was like, well, I was like, maybe the earthquake like jiggled it and it whatever. And he's like, he's like, maybe, but I don't know. So then yesterday I come home from work again. We'd had an earthquake that morning and there's more damn water on my floor. So I called the plumber and I was like, bro, <laughs> someone needs to come look at this because I'm afraid it's going to rot my cabinets out at the bottom. Did you like, really call the plumber, bro? That's funny. And so he comes out. He's like, I, I can't find it. I was like, there, what, like, what? where is this water coming from? Like, I've got a haunted ghost water. Well, maybe uh, it's a, hey, have you considered the, the idea that it might be a deceased pet? And bro, they're being what? on her floor? Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> The, the I, dog know, is would peeing on the floor. Oh, well, I, I even stood there and I was like, is ice like falling out of the ice maker? Because they're across from each other, right? Like the cabinet and the fridge are like this. And I was like, is the earthquake like shaking loose ice and it's like melting? But <laughs> the I get all like... Actually, that's not a bad water. that's not a bad hypothesis, Megan. I didn't think so either, but he was like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, okay. So, yeah. Mystery ghost water. The only conclusion that he could come up with is that somewhere under the slab, I have a leak. And that when oh, the- Oh, that the, would be bad. Yeah. And that when we get those little earthquakes, it's enough to jostle that water and it's actually coming up through my floor. Hmm. That does not sound plausible at all. I don't. Well, I think it's coming up through the grout. Like it's coming up through the tiles. Has mm. your water bill been like higher than normal? No, I don't think it's- Because he even checked the meter and he was like, yeah, no. These like the meter's not like spinning, like it doesn't look like you know it's a big leak. But if it's just like enough of a leak that it's just puddling, that's weird, it, I Megan. Know. I think you do. It's so it, I think you might a have a ghost. Yeah. So I'm gonna pay some stupid amount of money. Dropping ice cubes. So you're gonna pay a stupid amount of money a really to have logical a logical answer. Like, are you gonna pay a stupid amount of money to have an exorcist come and 
Get rid of the ghost pet that keeps peeing on your I floor? I mean, basically, <laughs> I'm going to pay a stupid amount of money to have ground-penetrating radar come into my kitchen and tell me if there's fucking water under there. The I'd dishwasher rather... exorcism is going to yeah. be the book I'm going to read next year. That's going to be the cheesy book my that I picked up. dishwasher is haunted. Haunted water puddles in my kitchen. Maybe Toby got bored with stealing Vonnie's silverware and has come over and decided to, to, to pee on your floor. Just, or maybe he's opening the cat, uh, getting ice cubes. He's hitting the ice cube button and then letting them melt. Maybe the, he drools a lot. Yeah. yeah the only Toby's be. dog likes to eat ice, okay? Leave yep. him alone. <laughs> I so, just, it, even ghosts need dogs. Earthquake. It's definitely connected to the earthquakes because both days we had earthquakes. Because it was Saturday after we went to Taylor Swift. Because Megan was jumping up and down on the floor and caused the earthquake. <laughs> yep. All I those sure Taylor was. Swift fans were jumping up and down, and that's why we didn't notice there was an earthquake because the ground was already shaking. <laughs> yes. That's probably but, yeah. correct. I like the idea that I have just a haunted dog eating ice cubes and letting them melt on my floor. Leave him out some. If you left him out a bowl of water, then maybe he wouldn't be eating the ice cube. There you go. The that's what you do, Megan. All over your floor. What you do you is go. you take flour. And you sprinkle it all over the floor. Then you put a bowl of water in the center of it's the floor, little... and then check for paw prints. That's how you. That's how you catch a ghost dog. There you go. That's if the one you we're did that and came home and there were dog prints I'd on sh- your floor, how I would I would have to leave. I'd be like, all right, I love pets, but damn. I'd be like, listen here. <laughs> I I would pay to see your reaction. I would go to your house. And put paw prints in that flower. I would. Is water? Maybe it's the ghost from my dorm room from Culver because that bitch used to turn the sink water on all the time. See, there we go. They found you. I think she's been looking for you for a long time, and And she's pissed. And boy, is she pissed that you ghosted her, Megan. And that's gonna do it for (laughs) Three Book Girls. If you made it this far, you are truly bookish. So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls Squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. Proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production. 